Howdy and welcome to Love Letters, a new monthly show from Story Mode, in which I, Jesse Munro, sit down with a special guest to discuss the games most important to them. Today I'm joined by the mastermind behind the Fan Critical Network. Yes. Tamer of large animals, mainly dogs. True. And all round gentleman, oh, thank Alex you. Leonard, aka Len. Hey. Len, how you doing? What a lovely intro. You know, I've been doing yeah. Fan Critical podcasts now. I've probably done 250 and... Jeez. I've never been introduced in such a lovely manner. So thank you. That has um, You're welcome. It's made my day. Is it because you mainly do the introducing? Yeah, maybe that's the case. Yeah. Um, but when when I do hand the reins over, it is fair to say that they just take the piss out of me. So that's what happens. Well, that's what, that's what I'm scared of. I don't want to give the reins to like anyone else yeah, in story mode. Be careful with that. Like all around dickhead, Jesse. I was like, ah, oh, I didn't need that. <laughs> Not the start of the show, no. No. 250 episodes of Fan Critical. Well, okay, for those who don't know, what is Fan Critical? Tell us about Fan Critical. Ah, so Fan Critical is a podcast network of which uh, you guys are lovingly a part of. And it basically encompasses uh, films, television, and now games with yourselves. We have several different podcasts covering big shows, like we had Game of Thrones, Westworld. We just did HBO's Lovecraft Country. We did HBO's Watchmen. Uh, But on top of that, we make original content. And that's something that we're going to be focusing more on in the future. So we have a show called The Worst of Netflix, where we trawl through literally the worst films on Netflix, watch them, and then report back. It's hilarious. We've got a series called How the Fuck Have You Not Seen That?, where we basically reveal what films we've been lying about for our whole lives of having seen, uh, and then essentially we we watch them and review them live together. So it's really fun. So, yeah. we've There's nothing more infuriating yeah. than seeing the next episode of, like, like something that you guys haven't seen. I remember getting so angry mm. with you when you said you haven't watched Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, that was weird. That's weird considering I'm a fil- like a oh, film student. I work, I work in TV and film and I make podcasts about TV and film and I hadn't seen Reservoir Dogs. That is mental. Uh, for anyone who's in, for anyone who's interested, our next one is also mental. Gareth has not seen Avatar. Make of that what you will. What? <laughs> I know, I know. He's gonna hate it. I reckon. Oh, hundred percent. I think he's gonna absolutely hate it. Yeah. I think that was a film you had to watch it at the time. Yeah. It was such a cultural moment. Like yeah. it was like the highest grossing film at the time. Yeah. And then now, no one can name a character. Mm. Sully. Sully a character from it? Yeah, maybe. Or is that Uncharted? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Who cares anymore? Um, cool. I'm very much looking forward to that. But mm. today we're, we're talking about a game. And we're talking about a game that's very special to you. As you can tell, oh, if yeah, you're watching boy. this on um, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash story mode Oz, you'll see that we're talking about Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus came out 2005 with T-Micro slash Japan Studio game. Japan Studio recently shut down, which oh. sucks. But, Len, mm. what is Shadow of the Colossus? Wow. Shadow of the Colossus is a colossal game. However, Oy. it is also a game that is so sparse and beautiful that you find moments of beauty just within its emptiness. Um, now, it, it's a game with a simple premise. You turn up in this forbidden land and you have to hunt down these colossi to essentially restore um, this female character you don't know much about, um, her, restore her to life 
That is essentially the goal. If you kill all of these colossi, you will restore her to life. Um, obviously there's intricate details, uh, and little story beats that you pick up sort of like world storytelling, um, as the game progresses, but the, you know, the concepts are simple. However, it's so effective. And at the time it came out in like 2005 or whatever it was, wow, this game was just revolutionary and so eye opening to me as a person. Um, I had never played a game like this. I'm a massive gamer. I had never played a game like this in my life. And it just was like, what? They can, what is this game? And then I realized, is it even a game? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's something going on with this that just really spoke to me. So when you asked me, what, what game would I choose for this? I gave you a list. And then, you know, when, when I'd write in the list, I was hoping you would say, maybe pick this one because this one is a special, interesting yeah. game. And I don't think there's many things out there that are like it. Yes, there might be some games now that have taken ideas from it and maybe spread their wings a bit. And, you know, but it's at the time, this was just such an incredible experience. I think you bring it like, that's a really good point. Every now and then the game industries have a mode where a game will come out and you just kind of like, it drops your jaw. And it's not, mm. you get great games all the time. You know, you get Spider-Man, you got Halo, you got mm. great games, but there are certain mo games that just kind of, they do raise a, you know, bring up the whole argument, uh, video games art, which I believe they are, mm. um, argument to the forefront. Stuff like like Journey was another one where oh, everyone yeah. just went, whoa. That was on my like list. That, that made me like feel something and I don't know, I don't know exactly what it made me feel, but it made me feel a lot of it. It was on my list, um, yeah. And yeah, that one. Yeah, Journey, Um, look, if we do a second episode of this, you can we can do Journey. Mm. Now, heads up, before we go into it, you can go full spoilers as well. Spoiler one to the chat. Spoiler one to any listeners. Yeah. Um. Look, this game came out like 15 years ago. It's been free on yeah. PlayStation Plus like three times. Yep. You should have played it by now. Hmm, it's on you. So, you kill these colossi and um, you bring back, um, I believe her name is Mono. Mono, yeah. So, your character's name is Wanda. Correct, yeah. Um, and you're trying to bring back... Uh, Mono, and there's a bunch of other characters. Lord Eamon, Bird, well, let's and Dorman, some sort of like yeah. big sh shadow thing. Let's not forget the most important character, Agro. So Agro, the horse. Yes. We'll get into the uh, the horse in a moment because uh, I replayed some of this today and I was messaging Lauren like, hey, this horse, I've got, I love it, but I've got issues. With this oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But before you even sat down and mm -hmm. attempted to ride Agro, what made you pick up that game? What made you go into the shop? Because you were in uh, England at the time, Yeah, right? so I actually didn't. I, I, and so this is the thing. Massive gamer, spent my whole childhood playing games, um, you know, fell in love with video games from a very early age, you know, Super Mario World, the stairs. Then I had the whole PlayStation era, N64 and PlayStation era, which was like, in my mind, still the golden time of gaming with Final Fantasy VII, um, you know, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Mario 64. So I was always on top of gaming trends. I was always searching out games all the time. I would buy a, get a new game every week or every two weeks and I would play it. And this game completely slipped under my radar to the point where I just didn't even know this thing existed, right? So I moved to London straight from uni and it was my first job in London and I was living with my auntie and my cousin, right? And my cousin is also a big gamer. And at the time, I was 
completely overawed because I had moved from like a village in the countryside of England, just outside of London, to London. And it's just a completely eye-opening experience. Like you essentially are just in this massive city and it's so big, you, you know, I, I know if people have been to London, they get what I mean. It's huge. You know, I lived there for 15 years and I still haven't seen every part of it or there's still so many things that I needed to do. So it was quite a, a sort of a bit of a shock to the system. Um, but having this sort of family environment, my cousin was really cool. And he said, when I turned up there in the first sort of week when I was working, he he was like, we always talk about games and that, TV shows and stuff like that. And he was like, have you played Shadow of the Colossus? And I was like, what's this game? What are you talking about? And he said, oh, and he got really excited, uh, like I do when I want to watch something that where I know what happens. Like with my partner, she hadn't seen Breaking Bad, so I got to re-watch all of Breaking Bad. And then I just watched them as they, you know, watch things. Um, you know, that's kind of the joy of it is like watching someone experience the thing. And he got really excited because he was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go get the PlayStation now. We're going to put it on and we're going to play it. And I remember just like turning on this game and just being like, what, what is this? It's so, I don't know, something about it just gravitated towards me, especially when you like come across the first Colossus and, you know, you're just like the scale of it, the scale of it is insane. Right. Um, and that is something I hadn't really seen in video games at that, at that time, the scale. I mean, like I'm thinking of things where I have a bit of scale, like Metal Gear, for example, in like Metal Gear Solid or something like that. It's probably the closest thing. But then it's like a quarter of the size of one of these colossi, you know? And even then, you're fighting it from, in Metal Gear and stuff, you're fighting it from the ground. Yeah. It's when you start scaling these things where you yeah. get this sense of... You, when you start seeing the environment that you were struggling to get around your horse, mm. and suddenly you're standing on this thing's neck. Like yeah. the first one, you kind of crouched over and you stand on top of its head. Yeah. And you just you can see the map. This is the first enemy you've encountered. Yeah, yeah. What game does that? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's a game that has an open-ish sort of world that so many games have sort of ripped off now, just storytelling mechanics. Like to find where you're going, you point your sword into the sky and you follow a beam of light. That is environmental, you know, hand-holding, but done in such an elegant way that now when Ghost of Tsushima does it this year or whatever with the wind, everyone's like, oh, what a cool mechanic. It's like, well, that mechanic, you know, that came from something like Shadow of the Colossus. Um, but also it's a game, like you said, there's only 16 enemies in the game, right? There's no other enemies. There's nothing else. There's, there's no side quests. There's, you, you ride to a Colossus. It's a puzzle. You figure it out. You take these things down. You go back to the hub and you do it all again. And you go to a different part of the map. And that is so rare these days to have such a sparse experience. But that would make it seem or make it sound boring, right? Like, but it's not. It's in those quiet, quiet moments of traveling to different locations and stumbling, you know, across these sort of ancient beasts where you're just in awe and you're sort of like, wow, like, it's like that scene in Jurassic Park where they see dinosaurs for the first time, right? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like that moment. I remember playing it for the first time. When you start, when you do stumble upon some of these colossi, you're like, that is amazing, you know? And 
if anyone hasn't played the game, by the way, they did a beautiful remaster. Bluepoint did, who were one of my favorite, you know, companies now after what they did with Demon Souls. And um, that remake is, you know, the gameplay, whatever, is, hasn't aged well necessarily, but the, the, the visuals of that game, it's unbelievable. It's, um, it's a, I'll, I'll mess around the photo mode of that today. Yeah. And also, sorry, real quickly. So I, I played it again today. I got through about six, maybe seven of the of the uh, Colossi. Mm-hmm. And I'm as I'm riding through a canyon, I can hear this pitter-patter of feet. I'm like, hold up. Hold up. That's not. Yeah. There's no one else here. And then I'm trying to think, did I? Because I, I haven't played the game for a few years now. Yeah. Are there still some sort of like remnants of a tribe that you can maybe see like running along clifftops? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, surely not. There are lizards in the game. Oh, yeah. And when they've remastered it, Bluepoint must have maybe just jimmied up the volume on their <laughs> on their footprints a little bit. Yeah. So they sound, they're as loud as Agro's foot, like, yeah, hoof hoofs. Yeah. When you run through this canyon. And I'm being freaked, I'm freaking out over these things. But you also bring up a really good point about the sparseness of the game. I think this is a game that really breathes. Oh, so yeah. So when you see one of these colossi and when they turn around and see you and it's you know it's on you tense up these, oh, yeah. these are things that are, are, they, are the scariest puzzles you'll ever you know solve and i think mm. they, are, they are more puzzles than fights mm-hmm. um but then just riding to each one over this really beautifully understated landscape they've created it's like forest um mm. a massive kind of field in the center deserts caves, stuff like that yeah it's just Dunning, it's a, it's a world you can just really just want to sit in and hopefully avoid a colossi. I did. I just spent, so with the original, obviously, I love just roaming around the world. Um, a lot of people love doing that sort of stuff. Just like, you know, just riding around on your horse. Think about something like Breath of the Wild now, where most of the time it shares, I think Breath of the Wild obviously has taken a lot from this game. Like, and and, you know, the Hyrule in Breath of the Wild feels very similar in terms of sparsity at times to oh, yeah. the world in, in Shadow. Like, obviously, there's some more, you know, bad guys in 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 Hyrule of that version. But, like, there are chunks of wilderness in Breath of the Wild where you're just literally riding around for ages, right? And there's nothing going on. And it feels... It feels to me like that, obviously, Breath of the Wild is a complete evolution of this. But um, I love just roaming that world. Like, the, it is varied. In the remake, is absolutely gorgeous. Obviously, if you play the original now, it's not going to hold up. But at the time, it was unbelievable. It was great. I remember getting some video easy for all the Australian listeners. Mm. Mm. What, a, what a week that was. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a beautiful experience. If you enjoy open world exploration... Um, and not the sort of exploration that you would get in like a Ghost of Tsushima or an Assassin's Creed game where it's like, you've got a million side quests and you're trying to tick them all off. And yes, there is a time and a place for those games. I enjoy those as well. And I like ticking off my little side quests, my main quests. This doesn't have any of that. The HUD is very minimal. Um, there's no map to speak of really. Um, and just exploring for the sake of exploring. You might not find anything. And most of the time you don't, you just find cool sort of nooks and crannies in the world and sort of different takes on, uh, like you said, a forest or there's a place with like geezers in the ground and there's a 
you know, cliffs and mountains and it's, you know, very ominous at times and scary even, you know, because you do feel quite isolated. The game is quite isolating. You, you're on your own. You know, it's you and Agro against the world and these giant colossi. And, and that's quite special. Like that feeling of being alone, but at the same time, sort of being at peace with it, you know? Well, you mean, you bring up a good point. You've just come to a new massive city and you were sort of playing this game a little bit in your off time. Did you find yourself maybe liking the game a lot more because you saw it sort of mirroring your situation a little bit? It was, um, and apologies if you can hear my dog barking. She is a colossi in her own right. She's a Great Dane. She really is. Yeah. So in a way, fitting for this podcast that she's gone crazy. <laughs> maybe someone, maybe a tiny ant is trying to scale her and take her down. But um, no. So yeah, moving to London was a big shock to the system. And what I will say is coming home every night to this game was something I looked forward to. It was like a little calm in the storm as you were. It was, it was nice to come back and just, you know how games are just such great escapism. Like sometimes I just need to switch off completely from what I'm doing. I do it a lot of the time with film and I do it with games, whether that's Call of Duty Warzone, if I want to really get myself stressed out and even more angry at the world, I'll play that or FIFA or escape into an open world and just, like I said, explore. And this was that, this was jumping into just a completely different world um, with my cousin who was like watching it as well. And like, it was a great experience for us to play a game through together because we don't live in the same part of the world. You know, it wasn't ever something we could do. And we'd always just talk about playing like Final Fantasy or playing other RPGs, these long story-driven experiences um, and never having the opportunity to do it together. So to have this time every day to come back and just whilst you're settling into a new part, you know, new phase of your life, if you will, was really nice. It was a, a lovely distraction, you know? Yeah, it just was a, a bit of a comfort food to come home. To. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Now, something that I remember running into when I first played it, and I've run into every single time since. Yeah. The Colossi. Yeah. Beautiful creatures. So I think they're some mm-hmm. of the most stunning uh, realizations of. of Basically, these are like gods on Earth. Yes, titans in like, Um, sort of like titans in old, you know, Greek mythology, you know, that used to roam. Do you feel bad about killing them? Well, 100%. Like, I remember um, playing through the first time in that time in London and my cousin knew what was going on. So he was like, how do you, he was asking me questions. Like, how do you feel about killing these things? I was like, I don't feel great about it because most of the time, they don't even notice you're there. Like you walk up to them and they just sort of they're go. Just chilling. They're just chilling, going about their daily lives. And it's only when you start like trying to kill them that they, that they get a bit, you know, angry at you. And I remember being like, okay, what is going on in this game? And it's interesting because the, the game, in a way, it's a bit like a souls game. It doesn't really tell you much. It sort of just goes, okay, try and figure it out. You know, what's going on here? Um, through like the environment through like, you know, the Colossi themselves, through the temple, which you start at in the Forbidden Land, your hub, as it were. Um, You don't really have much to work with in terms of figuring it out. So when I was killing these Colossi, I was like, what's going on? And the music's quite sad, you know, when you kill them. Um, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this, to be honest with you. 
Because some of them are so sweet and so cool. Yeah. Like the first one's just going for a walk. Just chilling out. He's just chilling. Mm. And suddenly you climb up and something I noticed was so they have multiple weak spots on them. And if you kind of do it in the natural order, the kill spot will be on their head. Yeah. And I noticed the camera will try and swing around. It tries to make you look into their eyes <laughs> when you kill them. Look into their soul. That is some really, really good design. And that was getting to me. Mm. They got these really like cute faces and there's a real pained expression on their face. Of and it, because, like you said, the story is so sort of uh, nebulous. There, mm. there are so many takes in this game. Are you killing them? Are you freeing them? Are they real? Something I uh, I always notice about the design is how they are organic, but they have a lot of structure in them. A lot of like building. It's almost yeah. like they've grown out of a temple. Yeah. So some of them have massive bits of uh, rock um, and brick and everything like that attached to their body. Yeah. It's like, are they- And when they die, they become dirt. Yeah, dirt. Like, the flesh of them just becomes dirt, and then the stone is still there. It's like, what are they? Yeah, exactly. The creative design in this game is fantastic. Like, um, I always admire, like, the creative direction that some games take, and this one takes a very bold one with the the Colossi. You could get this so wrong, you know? The earth- Oh, yes. The earthy rock- sort of creatures that they are is perfect. Like, I don't know. It just feels so right in the world. Uh, they're so beautiful um, and elegant at the same time, you know, especially the way they really? move. Yes. Yes. Well, that brings me to my next question about the closet. Did you have a favorite? I like Avion. I think it's called Avion, the flying one. Um, That's the one I was going to bring up because yeah. of how elegantly it moves. Because there's something about that, like, the first time you scale that one, I think it's the sixth, maybe, Colossi. You, uh, fifth. 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 It was the you, fifth one I did, yeah. You grab onto its wings yeah. and you're just, the, the pace of the game completely changes. You're in the air, like with this bird on its wings. It's crazy. At the time, 2005, mind blown. Um, in the remake, it's still very when good. When it does a barrel roll. Oh, yeah, mate. Oh, it's, it's crazy. It's so cool. It's crazy. Um, and like you're saying, there are, there are elements um, of this game that you see in like games like Breath of the Wild, mm. um, which is actually a, a comparison I want to come back to in a moment. But one of them is your stamina circle. Yep. So when you're holding onto this bird and you're seeing your stamina circle slowly drop down, you remember th- this is a little bit tricky to get onto. Oh. <laughs> How can I regain this? It's, oh. it's um exhilarating. Yep. Grip on, and then yeah. you, know, you defeat it. You go back to the temple, and it's that exhale again. And suddenly you're just on aggro, yeah, clip clopping through the forest. Yeah, it's um, it's an experience. I was actually going to bring up the the Zelda um, comparison going the other way, though. Play so I know you're you're a bigger Zelda fan than I am. I'm still quite new to the whole franchise. Yeah, but that's, I really like that's it. weird. That's weird to me that you yeah, you're new to the franchise. I know. I hear it. I hear from Simon all the time. I hear mm. from my partner who has Zelda tattoos. Mm. We've been together for like almost like oh, just over nine years, and yeah. uh, they're still like, I've never played Wind Waker. I've played Matt Timmons of Ocarina. What? I'll get there eventually. I'll get there. That is. But mental. I notice there's so many um, parallels between Zelda and this, like the folksy mysticism of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh mute boy, a sword, and a horse. Mm-hmm. 
these open, sprawling open worlds, your stamina gauge... Oh, sorry, that becomes in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. This is almost like a rock tumbler for a lot of ideas from yeah. the Zelda franchise. Went through here. Uh, Team Ico made them better or just changed maybe how we look at them and showed how they will work in a more sparse way. You don't have to pack a game full of stuff for it to be amazing. And I like how that then passed on to Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Really nice flow of ideas through multiple different games to get near perfect, I guess, in Breath of the Wild. Oh, Breath of the Wild is perfect. Yeah, that is a perfect game. But you can see like the grip, like you talked about, the stamina gauge, 100% from something like this. Breath of the Wild opened up open world to essentially you can go anywhere, which is, you know, an amazing, amazing thing. But it it definitely took influence from from certain games. And I'm 100%, you know, confident. Shadow in there? 100%. I'd say even like, 25, 30% of that game is shadow influenced. Hey, some of those, um, uh, the, the guardian beasts, whatever they're called, could easily be. The divine beasts. Yeah. The divine beasts could easily be colossal. Hello. You're not seeing the similarities, people. Nintendo just ripped off this game, (laughs) (laughs) but it works. Call the lawyers. Yeah. Um, were the elements of the game that you didn't like? Uh, yeah. So let's be honest. Some of the controls are clunky. Um, and, you know, you can get easily frustrated with some of the puzzle solving. Now, I love puzzles and I love uh, puzzle games. I love games like Resident Evil for their puzzles um, and their intricate gameplay and sometimes terrible gameplay. Um, but, you know, aggro is difficult to control. Uh, bless him. Uh, her, sorry. Bless her. Um, and that is something I noticed that Bluepoint did with Demon Souls. And they did it with Shadow. They translate the game so literally that uh, the remakes of both Demon's Souls and Shadow have inherent control issues. Yep. Like, like they, they, they purposefully keep it dated. Now, with Demon's Souls, I don't mind that. I like the combat of Demon's Souls, even though it's a bit slow at times and ponderous. It's still, you have to be accurate. You have to learn your enemy's attacks. And you have to, you know, it's a hard game. You know, I love that. Um, with Shadow, I think they could have been a bit more forgiving in terms of changing some of the controls because, like you said, some of it is clunky, especially dri- ri- riding a horse. Some of the bosses, some of the colossi, it doesn't always work the way you want it to work, uh, which yeah. can be frustrating. But at the end of the day, I'll forgive it because, like I said, it, it's about those other moments in the game. Um, it, it's, it's very rare. I, I personally didn't get taken out of the action that many times, like where you, I was visibly or audibly frustrated, you know? But yeah. some people will be. I can see some people getting so frustrated with some of these controls. They'll put the game down. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's weird things like, I mean, since the game first came out in 2005 and the remake came out in 2018, I believe. Yep, that's um, right. We've played so many games with horses, like Assassin's Creed, Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Why would triangle yeah. be go? What an mm. odd choice that I've been struggling with that all day. I mean, I'm going to go back and finish the game tonight because at the moment I started playing it, yeah, you get this like, kind of rush of remembering. I, I know how the story ends. I know what Colossi is next. I know how to beat it. I can yeah. smash through the game pretty quickly. You reckon you could do 10 Colossi tonight, do you? Oh, yeah. I don't okay. sleep. Fair enough. Just wear sleep. Yeah, I'm saying enough. I could, but I'm not going to because I don't yeah. want to put that pressure on myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
day on Twitch, everyone, for that. Jess is just oh, going to switch no. over and do it live. Um, a little timer. Have you got, so you have gone back to the Bluepoint version. Oh, yeah. Did you feel the same? Um, I played the Bluepoint version at a time in my life when mm, there was a little bit more upheav- upheaval. It was before I moved here to Australia. and But I remember it was a completely different experience because I played it on my own. Uh, I played it just in a place where I felt quite settled before I moved here. But like it, there was nothing, it didn't have the same emotional weight to me the first as the first time yeah. I played it. Not to say I didn't enjoy it. I actually completed it very quickly because I knew what to do, um, which is kind of the problem with the game. But like I said, I enjoyed, I tell you what I did enjoy, I enjoyed just riding Agra around the world and the cool grass animations and just looking at, looking at everything that had been redone and going, wow, this is cool. Um, I enjoyed it more for that. And also the Colossi, like, you know, in HD, looking absolutely unreal at times. It was awesome. Yeah. It did create that sense of awe again. Like I I still felt in awe of some of these fights, but in terms of the emotion behind the game and also the ending, I'd already experienced that. Yeah. You know, sometimes you try and chase nostalgia. You try and chase these feelings that you once had when you first watch something or when you first play something and you just sometimes you have to accept you can never recreate that, you know, it, that is a time in itself. You're a different person when you play the game or watch the film or, you know, any of that sort of stuff. So I, you know, I accept that with everything that I do. I'm always trying to make new experiences. This was just a new take on that game. Yeah. I think one of the reasons I kind of want to start, like love letter to the other show is something that I, I don't think many people properly appreciate you you know falling in love with the game it's a case of the game needs to be right the right it needs to be the right game and you need to be the right person and they just have to merge at the same time mm-hmm. like at that moment that was sort of the game that you know you formed you know, tied up on with your cousin you had to come home and relax to it was something fresh it was like very very sparse and open whereas like you said london quite busy and busy it, it was sort of just a, right a, a breath of fresh air a breath of the wild if you will yes 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 very much so yeah you yeah you're never gonna be able to re- um recreate that no way no now you broke the ending knowing the ending before yep the ending is awesome strange awesome <laughs> awesome strange i want to know you're taking it so just um, I'm hoping by, by if you've listened this far, I'm hoping you've played it before. But mm. for those who may have forgotten, you kill the last Colossi, which is a mountain. The only Colossi oh. design I didn't like. Yeah, it's it's one of the weakest um, ones, I think. Seemed because it just it doesn't move. It's just like well, I could just left you there. Um, yeah. A bunch of people come. They kill you. You turn into a shadow creature um, named Dorman. Yeah, who's the sort of like the god of the Forbidden Land? Yeah. You play as Dorman for a second. Yeah, it's a bit weird. <laughs> like you walk. Yeah. It's a bit strange. Uh, your ancient sword goes into a pool, opens up a portal, sucks Dorman and Wanda, the main character, in. Mono wakes up, the, the woman you're trying to save. Mono wakes mm-hmm. up. Wanda is reborn as a baby with horns. Mm. Yeah. And then they all go into the sunset together. It's a, it's a, bit, more co- it's a bit more complicated. I, I guess the, the sort of... The theme of the game is that you are the bad guy inherently. Like 
think about a game like, um, let me think, Last of Us, right? So in that game, you're constantly questioning your actions, right? So if you're, whether you're playing as Joel, whether you're playing as Ellie, whatever, Last of Us Part 2. Or, you know, I won't spoil that game for anyone. But uh, you're constantly questioning, am I a good person? What am I doing in this game? Now, this game was doing that ages ago because you're playing this game and you're killing these colossi and you're like, mm, am I, am I a bad guy? I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I feel like I'm doing something bad. So you get to the end of the game and yes, you are the bad guy because your selfish need to save this girl, Mono, uh, essentially awakens this ancient demon, demon god called you know, Dormin, who then possesses you, tries to escape the Forbidden Land where he has been trapped by Lord Aemon. Lord Aemon turns up and basically exercises this demon back to the underworld or whatever world it came from. So there's a lot of stuff going on there, but it's basically this story of degradation of your character. Uh, your character actually gets progressively weaker throughout the game. Uh, you see physical changes in your character every time you kill a Colossus. Um and it's something about that darkness to the story that makes it incredible to me. Um, like it, it made you question your actions throughout the game, which is something that now everyone is like, Oh, isn't that amazing that, you know, the last of us does that. And I love the last of us and it is amazing. It does that, but this game did that ages ago. Uh, but in a more, you know, not as, it's not as gritty a world. Um, you know, as Last of Us, but it, it was making you question what you were doing. And I was constantly questioning that stuff. And um I have to say, like, thinking about how I felt at the end of the game back then, it was just, I, I just couldn't stop. You know, when you watch something, you just can't stop thinking about it afterwards. So then what I do is I go and listen to a podcast about it most of the time, or I make a podcast about it with the rest of Fan Critical and we talk about it, or I just read <laughs> Reddit for ages you know, um, and try and have conversations with people about these things. And I was lucky enough that my cousin was there. So I was able to basically just talk to him for days and weeks on end about the ending of the game. And then I think we actually replayed it. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just, yeah, the ending is, is special. I, I, I think anyone who has played the game will understand that the ending, but yeah, it's a bit crazy at times, but just the whole sort of viral of doom, you know, of your character. And you think about this big journey you've been on, all these things that you've killed, you know, and for what, you know, it's, it's mm. kind, it's kind of, it's interesting. I think the game would have been darker. And I've always thought this, I, I always thought that the end of the game, you know, mono doesn't come back to life. Um, for me, that isn't necessarily a weakness of the game. It's just a, a direction they went in. But I, I'm, I don't want to sound morbid and like a really depressive person, but it's a stronger story if it's all for nothing. Um, I agree. And I, I, I've never actually thought of that, but yeah. that would have been um, absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. And sometimes that make yeah. more sense. Mm. Sometimes you need to have your heart broken. Like, yeah. um, you know, some of the best. You know, Shakespeare, tragedy. Last of us. Like the, the, yeah, last, you know, tragedy yeah. is something that is a great storytelling device. And, you know, I'm not saying it's safe that they brought Mono back to life because, 
it's not really they they're trapped in the forbidden land and they have to live this cursed life and you know who knows what happens to those characters but uh it would have been for me far more fascinating if it was all for nothing like Dormin gets sucked into the portal Wanda gets sucked in or whatever Mono doesn't wake up cut to black done dark depressing but also thought-provoking like you you know there'd be much more discussion about what happened when it when it cuts a black um yeah. but hey i'm not a game designer you know I, I, <laughs> i'm just imagining the end credits now with the camera yeah. panning over mono not moving and then panning back to every colossi that you've killed so instead oh, of yeah. one person dying your want to reverse the inevitable yeah has killed yourself 16 yeah. of these titans and yeah. dorman who Fuck him. Yeah. Um, so I guess that part's all right. Yeah, that now, part's all right. At the start, you said that you had never really thought of playing games like this. Because I remember mm. like 2005 was when we were getting sort of peak edgy games. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto um, Vice City, my friend. Yeah, what, stuff like yeah. that. Like It was about being like cool and committing crime and stuff like that. So I think mm. a lot of these games probably went under the radar, unfortunately, for a lot of people at the time. Yeah. Um, did this open you up to other games of this ilk or even other games from team Ico, like Ico. Uh, mm. I'm not sure if you've played last guardian yet. Nope. Never played last guardian. So last guardian obviously had development hell. And then oh, yeah. when it came out, I kind of, I kind of skipped it because everyone said it can be very frustrating to the point of like where the, the dog doesn't do what you want it to do or the dog cat, or whatever you call it. Um, I played eco, um, it didn't resonate with me as much as this game did. Um, but I had a good time with it. Um, but it had it, it for me, this is, this is their crowning achievement. Now in other games like this, we talked about journey. Um, I definitely was more open to experiencing games where they don't necessarily feel like games. Like journey doesn't feel like a game to me. It feels more like a musical, emotional uh, and visual experience and i think that's kind like of a journey yeah exactly but this is you know very good but this is this is the kind of game that i was then more open to play um and i don't know if i've played anything that's made me feel like this game has it's very sort of like pensive and kind of like a calming meditation or something i don't know like just roaming around this world like i just thinking about how it made me feel less anxious but uh and journey did something similar actually so that is fair but other than that i don't think i've i don't think i can think of many other games like this i play a lot of games so i'm up for trying a lot of games jesse as you know you know i got like my full guys been talking, i'm listing games in my head that i'm going to recommend to you after the show oh, okay cool 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 I've got, I've got and then i'll probably go <laughs> i've played that i've played that no <laughs> if it's control i'm playing 100%. that i'm playing that right now so it's fine um, um, <laughs> uh, i'm i'm early doors i'm two hours into control but i'm playing it every, when i get a moment every now and then but it's good yeah. it is good it's weird. You brought up before, you know, we're not quite sure what happened to these characters. Have you heard the theory, though? Oh, yeah. That, that, that Wanda that, and yeah. Mono are in Ico. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. so uh, the Wanda horns. is the kid, possibly, or yeah. is was, like, the, the beginning of that race. Yeah. Um, And Mono, the woman who was dead and brought back mm-hmm. to life, is the queen and has been, le- 
forced to live forever. Yeah, I mean- So, I, she's died once and now she cannot die again. So, her punishment is living forever. She yeah. will back via See, evil magic. I do like those links. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm on top of the old f- fan theories. Uh, and that is also the kind of morbid ending that I like for these characters, which is quite depressing once again. Same, um, yeah. You know, so I, I kind of want it to be true in a way. Dark, gritty yeah. ending. Yeah. I think you and I like the same sort of story. Sometimes the happy ending cheapens the rest of the story. Uh, it needs to have the, the same weight and consequence throughout. And I think yeah. confirming that she lives forever as a result of Wanda being selfish. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, you've also got to fill in the, the whole gaps. Like, what happened before Shadow the Closet? Like, yeah, yeah. Was she sacrificed? Why was she sacrificed? Did Lord Eamon sacrifice her? Are they lovers? Keep Are, they not lovers? Are they lovers? Are they related? Are they- yeah. What are they? Mm. There's yeah, so we don't, many likes. We don't know enough to judge Wanda, really, on his decision-making because there might be some crazy stuff that happened beforehand that we just don't know. So it's interesting. And I just like the whole, the whole thing of, like, he's that wrapped in grief. Mm. That the first thing that tells him that there is an out, there is a solution to his problem, he will follow that. Yep. To the nth um, degree. And a lot of people kill will do these, that. Kill yeah. these titans. Sure. If this, this work, sure thing. I'd rock up at the first one and I'd go, what? Really? I'm going to kill this no. thing. Now nah, I'm all right, mate. I can't do it. Sack it off. I'm good. Um. So would you say that the game, since, since you've gone back to it, we, mm. I mean, we play it again, you reckon? When we've been talking about it uh, off air and now, it is a game that I do, you know, things are busy at the moment. L- life's a bit crazy. Um, I'm playing too much Call of Duty Warzone. I'm kind of thinking that I need a game like this. And I was thinking the other day, like, man, I need a new game. I might just go back and play Shadow again because the more I talk about it and I'm just like, you know, I just need to chill out for an hour, maybe a night. And just roam this world with, with aggro. And, you know, and I think that's a good thing to do right now. So this has inspired me, Jesse. Yes, I am going to re-download it. And good. yes, I am going to play it. It was going to be that and God of War that I was going to replay. So there you go. Two great games. Two very, very, very good choices. Well, to kind of start wrapping things up a little bit. Mm. Glenn, sum up your feelings on Shadow Classes in a single sentence. In a single sentence, wandering the lands, making tough choices. That's what I'm going to say is my sentence for Ooh. Shadow because wander, wandering, and you do oh, just wander and you have to make tough choices in that game. Um, and I, I, I know we haven't talked about it, but when aggro falls off that cliff, fuck me. I hate that. I hate that. Oh. Hey, um, he back. Oh. One of the real victims in the whole game is aggro. Oh, thank God aggro's alive. I mean, oh, I was so sad when that happened. Anyway, uh, you know, I, forgot, I can't believe we didn't talk about that. I can't believe we didn't talk about the horse. It's like the best character. I want to actively avoid it because that made me really yeah. upset. <laughs> really upset. <laughs> oh, Cry. now I'm thinking of whatever aggro is the tree monster, the, the dog monster from... Oh, Eco. Last Guardian. One of the oh, Last Guardian. Oh, oh yeah. no. That'd be a weird evolution. I mean, that's a, that that's a stretch too far, mate. I'm sorry. We're going to have that's, that's a, that's a tinfoil theory, that one. Put that on Reddit. Oh, all my theory. It'll all get some theory. traction. I'm going to go on Reddit. I'm going to find, see if anyone backs that one up. Yeah. Um, I do really like how one of your biggest takeaways from the game is the 
wandering and traveling in the- Oh, yeah. Um, and how, how that really just coincided with where you were at in life. It's, it's such a perfect mix of your life experiences at a time and, mm. and the game. I, I mm. really like that. And if no um, one's played it, please do go play it because I, I you know, play the Blue Point remake because you won't like the graphics in the old one. But just, um, just enjoy it. Like, take your time with it. Like, don't rush. Like, there's no need to rush to each colossi, you know? There's no need to do that. Just enjoy it. You know, the controls on the horse are a bit shit, whatever. Let it take you somewhere you didn't think you were going. <laughs> Into a wall or off a little cliff or something. Just just take the horse somewhere, you know? And don't take some of the... Uh, uh, other than my Trico theory that I just espoused, mm. don't take some of the theories online you see too seriously. There aren't more colossi. I remember trying. The, the, the uh, mythical 17th colossi if you beat the game <laughs> 16 times, there'll be a new colossal uh, that appears. Like, yeah, don't do that. Don't not waste that your time. Don't waste um, your time. But yes, definitely, definitely go check it out. And Len, thank you very much for explaining why that game is so important to you. Oh, no worries. Pleasure to talk about a game that has such a special place in my gaming history, for sure. Yes, I think um, it holds a very similar place in a lot of people's hearts. So certainly in mine. I was very, very happy when you picked this mm. one. Mm. Now, Len, where can people find you? Well, I would search for fan critical basically instead of me because yeah, everything I do is fan critical. So we are uh, fan critical pod as at fan critical pod on Twitter, fan underscore critical on Instagram, and just fan critical on Facebook. You'll see us; will be pretty obvious. Um, and yeah, that's where you can find us. Uh, we're fan critical on any podcast app. Um, you know, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. Uh, so if you go on there, there's about 230 podcasts, maybe 250 now. I, I lose track of shows covering probably so many of your favorite TV shows or films. You know, we do loads of Marvel content. You know, we did Mandalorian season two recently. We're going to do a WandaVision special, you know, so just check it out. You'll enjoy it. You'll find something on that. I guarantee you'll find something on there that tickles your fancy. There is a lot of very, very good stuff. So make sure you go check mm. them out. Why check them out? Also, make sure you check out Story Mode. We're on all those other podcasting platforms that you brought up. Mm. Um, mm. So subscribe and leave a review for both Story Mode, a fan, uh, Story Mode, a video game podcast, and all those great <laughs> fan critical shows. Oh, um, yeah. And as always, thank you, Len and Fan Critical, no for uh, hosting as part of your network. Oh yeah, um, no worries. It's actually quite serendipitous that we've got you on the show because it's it's just over a year um, since our, our first... Um, there you go. Sure. So thank you, you very go. much for no, no over worries. a beer one day saying, hey, Jesse, do you want to do a video game podcast? And we'd be yeah. like, yeah, sh- sure, I'll get on the drink as well. Sure thing. And we'll have done more Done and beers. done. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to keep updated with all video game news, storymodegaming.com if you want to follow us, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Oz. We are, of course, on Twitch, where we also record some of our podcasts live. Follow us there at Story Mode Oz. We've got a full week of games booked out. Mm. Um, so go check that out. Um, and also, Patreon. Search Fan Critical. Chuck a couple bucks mm. that way. Get access to all sorts of bonus goodies. Yeah. Um, Big time. So make sure to get on that. But with that, Len, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Anytime. You're Everyone always watching. welcome. Um, and everyone watching, yeah. have fun. Go play Shadow Colossus if you haven't. Yeah, if, go do that if you now. haven't, 
we have ruined a fair bit of the story, but you will still experience being new. Yeah, you'll be fine. Um, hey, at least you get to see all the Colossi designs, and that's yeah, worth it. That's worth <laughs> it. That alone is worth it. Be, uh, so. Believe me. But uh, we'll uh, catch you next week. See you guys. Bye. Mwah.